Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 2, Episode 18. My friend Taylor Marshall and I take you through the longest podcast we've recorded yet. Hope it uh, gets you through a mini hiatus as the tournament starts. We talk about the Great Week 7, the DAC, the Marion County, the Northern Indiana Conference meets, and the Nike Valley Twilight on Laverne. We even start to make uh, some plans for our prep periods tomorrow as the week starts, and even a podcast debut from the number one Indiana Runner podcast fan. All right, cue the Taylor Marshall drop. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. All right. We're finally dried off from the meet last night. Colts won. Flying high. The best buddies. Colin Altavote. Taylor Marshall. We're going to go through week seven and do a quick tournament preview. Our main thing, Taylor, is we kind of do the semi-state roundup. You ready for that? Let's do it. We got a lot of good stuff that happened last week. At the NLC meet, Goshen Boys, number nine on INCC stats. They were awesome again. 39 to 56 over Northridge. Goshen Boys, a very likely state meet team. Northridge in the mix to get out of that semi-state as well. Cole Johnston from Goshen, the winner, 15-24. Drew Hogan, his teammate, 15-36. Feels like they've been kind of back and forth all season. On the girls' side, Warsaw Girls, 29. North Ridge Girls, 39. Joey Rastrelli, we talked about her in the preseason, whether she was going to run or not. She has run. That's made all the difference for Warsaw. She ran 1908 for the win. That meet happened at the same location as the Nick meet. So the NLC, the Northern Lakes Conference, the NIC, the Northern Indiana Conference. I don't think the races were combined. I think they just happened at the same day on the same course. In that one, the Penn boys with an easy win. 40 points. Mariano Retzlov wins in 16-28. He was, I believe, fifth or sixth last year at the state meet. Fifth, I think. Uh, so I, I don't think he would have gotten beat by a full minute had he been in the race with those two Goshen boys. Sure. Penn girls, even easier win than their male counterparts. 27 points, including a 2-3-4-5 finish from their first four. And then she's been awesome all year. Lillian Zelasco from New Prairie. With the big win, 18-18. Anything from that meet, that kind of combined meet stick out to you? Well, the, you know, the NLC, you've got Goshen led by uh, the number two pair in the state uh, behind Matisse and Schumann. Uh, but they shout have out. done a great job. Yeah, shout out there. They've done a great job carrying their team um, throughout the year and have some really solid – you know, I, I don't know, role players, if you want to say, but some really solid guys who get the job done, right, and do enough with uh, two studs leading the way. Um, so they they look really good. You said a probable state meet team. I would definitely put them in as a lock because I, I feel really good about them, um, you know. And then, uh, you know, here, here's my other thought on this as you were kind of describing the meet taking place at the same location. Um you know, you and I have, uh, uh, we're, we're busy on Saturdays. We can't, we can't always travel and see other things. We have other commitments, but I would love the opportunity. That's awkward. Sorry. I would love the opportunity to travel up North 
and uh, get a chance to see some of these meets in action. I think I've said this before about seeing that New Prairie semi-state, uh, but I would love to see uh, the course themselves. I think a lot of, and this is something I kind of stand on a soapbox uh, on sometimes, a lot of the courses nowadays want to be like a track on grass, but I hear that the Northern Indiana, it's not necessarily the fastest courses um, so that makes these times all the more interesting and exciting. So, uh, maybe, maybe one day we'll have a Saturday off to go, go take a road trip. So, but anyway, yeah, uh, shout out Goshen boys. That was exciting. Looks good. Yeah. So you're talking about that, the, the courses up North, which are clearly more challenging than the courses that say the Carmel teams run on, on a week to week basis. Right. We're going right. to Marion. We're going to Brownsburg. We're going to Brown County, Noblesville that are we're purposefully choosing faster courses during the regular season because the most uh, motivating factor for the guys that aren't going to run in the tournament, the boys and the girls that aren't going to run the tournament would be their time. And we want to find places for them to run a fast time. This exactly. Oxbow Park course in Elkhart that's a very challenging course, and those times are very, very impressive, especially among that that Goshen duo and Lillian Zelasco from Northridge. And if we pull up INCC stats, right, there's a um, – there are performances, adjusted ratings for last week, and from last week, the uh, – Number three and number five performance on the week were those boys from Goshen. Number one, Colt Matisson from Carmel. Number two, Reese Kilbarger Stump from Columbus North. And then number three, Cole Johnston from Goshen. Number four, Kai Connor from Westfield. Number five, Drew Hogan from Goshen. And number six, Charlie Schumann. So we talked about those kind of top duos from Goshen and Carmel. Shout out. Um, yeah. And they were they were pretty even among those those two the two of them rather. Yeah. Um, last week, and then Lillian Zelasco and her adjusted rating that? ranked 1835. Yeah, so 11th last 11th. week. Yeah, yeah. And and that was, you know, there there were a variety of reasons why things would have been adjusted the way they are. And Oxbow and Elkhart probably more about the challenging course, even more challenging than Laverne Gibson. And then on the Laverne course, it was weather i mean a torn up course the the 12th 15th 16th races happening on that day on that course uh right. so that was a really really interesting meet or or combined meets i like the idea of a combined conference meet right i do because i think that that's a, a really competitive time i mean i think the you know as you look at conferences you got to think about um uh, does this race matter and to whom does it matter? Right. I think often um, conferences and counties and some of these uh, meets that we've done for quite a while matter to, you know, the athletic department or, or to some, uh, maybe a, a coach who has, has been around for quite a while, uh, you know, obviously longer, longer than you and I have even been alive. Right. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, when you, when you look at what preps us for the, the tournament, what's best for the kids, maybe a combined conference race that you then can separate out the scores um, 
makes a lot more sense and I could get on board with because you have not only the really competitive meet on that weekend, but you also take care of the, you know, we need a conference championship. We need to crown a champion individual and a team. So um, I really like that idea and I would love to see maybe more conferences do the same kind of thing i think you're right though that maybe this meet happened one after the other on the same uh, same course maybe they weren't combined and separated because like you said i don't see retzloff being that far behind the goshen duo but um it would be all that more exciting and a better meet like think about this if you're you know mariana retzloff you, you have a better race on that day like you this right. this helps you get better down the line you know, if you're the pin coach, you're a fan of, you want your kids to get better and do that. Like, you know, it just seems like an, an obvious choice, but I mean, but these are cross country coaches talking, right? Like it's not up to us what happens. It's up to athletic directors and other administrators. And, uh, you know, we could, we could get into that here is my thoughts on uh, the state meet times and the IHSA and all kinds of fun things, but um, anyway, I think that would be a very cool thing to happen. So you want to have a combined Mick HCC? I I am a big proponent. You and I have talked about this for a couple of years. I am a big proponent of having a series meet between the HCC and the Mick, which are the two best uh, conferences in terms of running. Whether we're talking cross country, which the HCC tends to be deeper and better than the Mick and then the track and field where the Mick has been deeper and better than the HCC. I would love to see a series meet uh, between both conferences and the fall and the spring for a couple of years. That would be the most exciting event that would take place on the calendar. In my, in my opinion, certainly in track and field. I mean, that would be really, you'd be hard pressed to find a better track and field meet in, in April or, or whenever we would have it probably let's say mid to late April when the weather might cooperate a little bit more uh, to see HCC. And then you could, however you want to score it, we'll score it as one big meet and you can crown one team champion and all that. And the fun things of a big invite but then you could also figure out how you want to score at HCC versus Mick. And I think uh, the only uh, the kids benefit, the coaches benefit, the conferences benefit. It seems so obvious, but you have to get many different people on board and they have varying understandings and appreciation of cross country and track and field. So that's where it's good. You know, it gets a little complicated from there. Combine Mick cross country, indoor track, outdoor track. Easy. I mean, that, yep. I mean, that can easily be done, right? I mean, you're talking about eight, 16 teams all together. Um, that's, that's not a ginormous meet. Uh, if, if Noblesville, for example, hosted the uh, cross country version, right. And then you find a venue for the, the indoor track, which could be uh, split between a school from each conference. Maybe this is UND, this is Wabash, this is Anderson, whatever. Uh, and then, you know, you, you go to uh, maybe like a North Central uh, for the MIC because they have a 10 lane track uh, to host the, the track and field version of it. I mean, I think that would be a fantastic job. Uh, and, and, you know, again, that would put butts in seats. I mean, think about that. Think about having football like numbers out watching track and field on a Saturday. Uh, I mean, how exciting is that? 
uh, you know, just it's, but, but again, it, it's about getting other people on board. So we'll see, maybe it'll happen in our lifetime, Colin. We're pretty young. We're young. We got some We're time. pretty young. We got time. We're pretty young. We're pretty committed to the coaching thing. So we'll, we'll Be see, around. we'll see what the future of the conferences is. Right. I mean, we'll there's, see. there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving, shifting around in college sports. So rumors we'll see what happens around. with high school. Another meet that happened that uh, you're used to going to for many, many years and you didn't go this year. Did you kind of feel the shakes on Saturday morning as you're not there? It was weird waking up at a much later time. I thought I might come and just kind of spectate. And then uh, the alarm went off at 845. And I said, what is this? I've never been able to sleep in this late on a Saturday. So um, I, I did miss it a little bit. I love that course and that meet, but uh on on to something new now it was at burbuff on the boys side franklin central dominant 35 points over north central slightly short-handed north central wouldn't have made a difference in the team uh placings north central had 78 perry boys sneakily i think i've mentioned this on a previous podcast sneakily very very good this year the perry boys and in fact they had the the middle school state meet in quotation marks, a lot of schools didn't or weren't able to compete this year. I think the Perry boys had two in the top five there. So maybe a team to keep an eye out in the future. They were third. Uh, Franklin Central's Braden Hinkle wins 15-58, and that led a 1-2 finish for the Flashes. Tough not to win for a solid team that goes 1-2, right? Yeah, that's hard. Um uh... You know that they're up there, especially in a in a meet that um, has sort of uh, become a the, the pool of teams that could potentially win is has become more shallow. Um, but like you said, a, a shorthand in North Central team, uh, Nate Clean did not participate. Uh, rumors have it that he'll be back at sectionals uh, on the same course, ready to go. Sources uh, say. Sources say, yeah, there we go. That's what they say. The sources are good on that one. Um, but they, you know, uh, Franklin Central looks good. And, and that's a good little matchup there, right? As we start to get, you know, we'll get into this in, in the back half of the podcast here, right? But we're looking at semi-state teams. Who's on that bubble of advancing to the state meet? Those are two teams in consideration, Franklin Central and North Central, Right. Uh, and then Perry, a team that's building for the future, like you said, uh, they've got some young uh, talent right there. Uh, they're led by two sophomores, uh, and then they've got a couple seniors. But then after that, they've, they're all young and coming back again. And then with their performance in the uh, unofficial middle school state meet, that Perry could start to be in that conversation with the Franklin Central, with the North Central, about being competitive in that county again. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty good. Uh, we we saw that uh, one of Upper Buffs missing runners returned on the boys' side. Uh, you want to say anything about that? So we can get into this more. And this is a tenuous thing as we're covering high school sports, and this is a big story, and we want to we want to be talking about who are potential uh, state meet teams and podium teams and even state title contenders. But we also don't know a reason as to why some of these boys aren't running boys or girls, if they're going to run, 
and it's tough to like put this on blast on a on a podcast when we don't have all the information and i i am kind of conflicted on that um because it's high school sports and we don't want to put too much pressure on these kids but we've known all along that burbuff has potentially this great team a state title contending team but two of their five best runners two of their scores haven't run they got one of them back yesterday what kind of impact does that have moving forward um and so i, I think as we get into talking about the teams and maybe, maybe a, a, an out for us as analysts is just how the numbers stack up on there and we can see but i i think that's i think that's big um because just just that runner just cameron todd at the level at which he performed yesterday at the Marion County takes Burbuff from a fringe state meet team, a team that needs a lot of great performances at the regional and the semi-state to advance to the last round to get to Terre Haute, uh, to a team that like, yeah, they're probably going to make it. That, that could be a, a big difference. In, in general, you know, after a long layoff, how do you think a runner can come back in the last month of the season? If, if, if he or she has a first race here, what do you think there? Yeah. You know, I, it's so hard to judge because every, every kid is different. Right. And, you know, they could be out for, for different reasons. And, you know, the length of time might be determined by a, by a doctor or by a coach, it's, it's hard, it's hard to say for certain, but um, I think in, in my experience, those who have been out for quite a while come back and there's this sort of initial strong performance. And then at best, they kind of plateau. And I think that's not, I, you know, that that's to do with missed time, right? There's no, there's no, this is a, it's not a ball sport, right? We don't, we're not covering basketball or baseball where you can right. just show up and like, you're good at what you do. So you're good at what you do, right? This is something that like, yeah, you have to have talent and potential, uh, but you ha also have to show up every day and put the work in and, even if you miss for very legitimate reasons, like you physically are unable to go out there and run, that takes a toll. And there's no such thing as playing catch up. And this and is, I, this is, again, I want to emphasize, this is in general, we have general. no specific knowledge about any of these kids from these schools or whatever. And if we had specific knowledge on kids on our own team, obviously we, we wouldn't be disclosing that in a public format. Right. Exactly. In general. Right. It's totally mean, agree. Generally speaking, from my experience, either having coached kids or watched kids on other teams, there's that initial like, okay, they, they look fine. And then, and then the fact that you're training for a 5k that, you know, all, all of that catches up to you and you just kind of are who you are at that point. And it's very difficult to continue to improve and get better having missed you know, five, six, seven or more weeks of training. It's just really, really hard to come back, even for the the very best of the best, right? Um, that just isn't easy to do. So, you know, I, in, yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to, to kind of think about 
you know, like you said, we're not, we're not calling on anybody, but here, here's what I'll say then. I would be concerned about putting a team on my podium if we're going to rely on athletes who have not raced consistently throughout the season. Now that doesn't mean that there's that, that it's out of the possibility, right? It's absolutely within you know the, the confines of of what could happen. But to me, I, I feel more confident with somebody that I've seen consistently throughout the year that I know about where he or she is able to perform and we are who we are. Uh, if, if someone hasn't raced thus far or has raced on a very limited schedule thus far, then I think it gets more challenging to say, hey, we need you if we're going to stand on that podium and be third, be fourth, be fifth, whatever it might be. Um, so I, you know, I think that's really a tough position for a coach or a kid or, you know, a parent or whatever to be in. But certainly if you're the Burbuff boys, or as we'll talk about in just a second here, if you're the Franklin Central girls, you feel good getting that runner back, right? I mean, that's a positive difference. Even if it's not, okay, well, now we're going to win the state meet or now we're definitely going to make it. Like, you got to feel good having them, right? You feel good because they're an important part of the team, uh, probably as a leader, but certainly as a kid who's got ability. Um, So you feel feel better about that. And, you know, their presence, uh, whether it's in the meet or during the workouts, because presumably they've been doing some workouts with the team before they go out and actually race, um, that can only serve to make others better. So, so not only is that person improving, then they're helping to push others get better. And yeah, you, you do feel good about that situation. Um, and that's certainly how you should, you know, if I'm, if I'm the coach of that team, whatever that team might be, that's what I'm pushing to the kids. Like, Hey, this is great. So-and-so is back and ready to go. And, and we, you, and, and, and he or she, and, and everybody else knows what this person is capable of. Uh, and, and now we get to see it in action again. And that's exciting. That's fun. We can feed off that energy. So yes, I think in, in short, team should be uh should look forward to having all of the cards available if you will um however that might end up panning out long term on the girls side then at marion county this is good segue uh north central girls shout out right shout out they uh they were in command the whole the whole race 24 points that's a potential state meet team uh, Franklin Central State got a missing lock. runner. State Go ahead, sorry. Lock, Colin. Lock it up. Tell Scott Litzkin we're locking this up. For the podium? Well, you said potential state meet team. I'm sorry. Oh, I misspoke. It's a potential podium team. I still feel good about their podium chances, but I maybe, yes. maybe not quite yes, a little. We're also, yeah. we're also, we, we can acknowledge our own biases. A little bit. Uh, North Cent- or Franklin Central, rather. Shout out. My wife went to Franklin Central. Uh, got a missing runner back. They were second in 63 points. Gretchen Farley of Park Tudor, typically her team's number two runner. 
Sophia Kennedy has missed a couple races. Sounds like she'll be ready for the tournament. And uh, Gretchen Farley wins 17.53 by just over a minute, only a minute, over 5,000 meters, over, you know, potentially some really good, not potentially, over some really good runners, Maddie Rocchio from North Central um, and, and a handful of others. So Marion County, just kind of uh, solid, solid meet, state meet, contending teams in there, right? Yeah, solid meet. A couple of state meet contending teams, like you said, that, you know, the, the meet is on the schedule. You show up, you do well. 24 points. I mean, that's, I mean, that's impressive, right? I mean, it's, you know, 15 is a perfect score. So you're showing up at 24 points right there. Um, North Central had, had some really strong performances. You know, Maddie Rocchio, she's, she's leading the way, doing really well. Um, they had another girl pop off for them um, who is not uh, typically inside the top seven, but usually right outside that top seven. And her name is Claire Eikenberry. And uh, she's a sophomore. And Claire had a really great day right there. And I know that a few of the other North Central girls had some some PRs. So um, shout out to the uh, to the North Central team. Right pop there. off. You're, you're, you're talking like the kids now. Yeah, you know, you, you gotta you gotta stay young, right, Colin? You gotta gotta talk uh, talk as the kids do, and, and hope that they uh, will accept you, right? As one, what's the, the the meme with the skater board dude and the backwards hat? That's me, right? <laughs> Is that uh, you? That's me. Well, why not? Sure. Uh, you know, yeah, Gretchen Farley uh, over a minute win, sub eighteen. Uh, you know, Saturday morning there, but buff. That was a, a really strong performance. Um, you alluded to Sophia Kennedy. She is going to be back next week. It sounds like her coach posted on the message board saying that they opted for a workout, um, which is really great for her personally and great for the sport uh, to have uh, have her back. Um, so that you know that's that's a really really awesome there. And Franklin Central uh, returned their girl who had been their number one coming in, and she was their number two yesterday uh and she uh, yeah i mean that's good for them right she hadn't raced yet and then she showed up uh at county and raced and she was their number two so like you said the excitement of bringing back an athlete uh is really important so um shout out to them but uh go go and see and our meet of the week it was wet it was a lot of things and there were awesome team races if you like close scores and don't care who won yeah uh, you and i both uh care who won <laughs> care who wins and we're not quite as enthralled with uh close team scores as maybe the uh the average observer yeah. on the boys side columbus north 93 Center Grove, 95. Carmel, shout out, 101. Fishers, 120. Noblesville, 161. And previously ranked third in the Midwest, York from Illinois, 182. I'll just say this, as a big Indiana guy, come back whenever you want, York. We'll be here for you. 182. That's the excitement of hosting that meet there at Laverne. 
in sixth place. Individually, Cole Matisson leads wire to wire, at least as far Shout as out. I saw. Didn't see him until the mile. Shot out. 15-36. Reese Kilbarger stump from Columbus North, one of the best runners and one of the top recruits in the country, I'd imagine. 15-44. Kai Connor of Westfield with a late charge in the last 400 meters or so was third and 15. He looked really good. Let me just say real quick, Kai Connor looked really great yesterday so he should have a lot of confidence be really excited uh i i you know i don't mean to derail your you know recap of the meet here but i mean i was on a roll but yeah go ahead you were on a roll but i mean i i think last time i got a chance to see kai connor was at the, at the flash rock meet and he went out with isaiah and cole and krishna and he was hanging right there and then eventually they started to pull away especially that that front two but um you know, Kai Connor has been on a, an absolute tear and uh, I would be, you know, if, if you're a top five, top 10 kid in the state, I would have an eye on Kai Connor and I would be a little bit wary going into the state meet because this kid has, has raced at a high level all year. Um, so he, I mean, I, you know, shout out to him especially to close in those conditions on that course against the kind of competition at Carmel and Columbus North and Center Grove that he did. Uh, he is he is a legitimate top five on, on the right day kind of kid. Uh, so he, he should have a lot of a uh, lot of confidence, a lot of excitement going into October 30th. Kai Connor currently ranked seventh on INCC stats. Charlie Schumann finished fourth, shout out, in 16.01. And like we mentioned, very challenging conditions. It ranked as a minus 18 on INCC stats. Uh, maybe if there's time, we can talk about the, the difference there between the stats um, yeah. with it. On the girls' side, another, another uh, heavy side, moderate side between the two of us, Columbus North, 56. Carmel 60, Noblesville 80, Northview 130, Homestead and Fort Wayne 173, and O'Fallon out of Chicago. Hey, O'Fallon, same thing as York. Come back whenever you want. 174 points. Individually, kind of a surprise here. Lily Baker, typically her team's two or three runner, wins 18-17 from homestead in fort wayne addison knoblock team addison right here 1823 jasmine copstead of carmel 1826 shout out and olivia romanic my niece slash cousin 1829 shout out there very very close team race uh any kind of just brief thoughts on the on the girls race there yeah uh, congratulations to Columbus on a really great race. Uh, Lily Baker did, did a really great job uh, staying at the front of that pack right there and pulling away the final thousand meters. Uh, that's where she put her time in on not just no block, but also Jasmine and, and Aliv right there um, from the Carmel girls team. So that they look strong. And, and what was tough conditions? I think, you know, we'll, we'll get into this here in a second, but Yes, there was rain throughout the day and we showed up there and it was raining and then it 
kind of stopped and the sun came out and the clouds cleared and we thought, okay, we might be all right. And then right when we're getting ready for the girls varsity race, just uh, when you let your guard down. Yeah. It came down hard and it just kept coming and not just for, for the girls varsity, but also for the boys. So the conditions started to get kind of sloppy on that, but um, you know, it was a, it was an exciting race. Uh, We, you know, I, told our girls Carmel girls going in that it was going to be close right we had seen Columbus North who was a, a very good team uh, earlier in the year and it was close uh, we, we know they have a lot of talent and potential uh, just like our girls and uh, you know we knew it would be a, a, a tight tight finish and uh, they did a great job of finishing there at 56 and we were at 60 and, and shout out to Noblesville girls. I think, you know, this is another team that was sort of, um, I don't want to say surprising because we've been high on Noblesville girls for a while, but then the past, you know, maybe a couple weeks, you thought uh, maybe some teams are kind of closing the gap on them a little bit. And then they, they had a huge, and I think uh, maybe Scott used this word. This was the word that came to my mind when I saw the results uh, from the HCC meet. And that was a statement win. I thought Noblesville had a statement win over Westfield because Westfield had been closing that gap on them. And then all of a sudden Noblesville kind of said, uh, uh-uh, we're, we're, we are really – stinking good uh we're gonna be right there i mean they 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 were fantastic so you know noblesville has now looked good two weeks in a row let's see them continue that for a few more before they hit laverne again at the end of the year but um i thought they looked really really strong as well but um yeah i mean shout out to lily baker for the win and um you know our girls my girls the carmel girls they were uh they were really strong and solid and did what they needed to do. And, you know, we'll see what happens. So we talked about conditions. I mean, it was, it rained all day. It was a festival to borrow Jason Rigsby's turn. There were probably six races of um, middle school beforehand, at least. And yeah. then there were six high school races later in the day. And uh, you're looking at the screen, did Titans lose? Titans lost. All right, so we're right. Colts and Colts only one game back of the Titans. Um, Missed field goal. Conditions were were very very tough. What What did you think about the environment of that meet? I thought the environment was a lot of fun. I mean, I thought that you know, with the with the lights and the fact that it was at night, um, and the rain added to the element. I mean, you know, we're getting the I'm getting my girls ready to go we're, we're almost headed to the line. And, um, you know, this, this is not unheard of for, for a girls team, but there are a lot of freshmen involved. And when when the rain started coming down, uh, the freshmen were excited and fun. They're like, Hey, this is great. This is, this is new. This is different. You know, it's supposed to be fun, right? It's supposed to be fun. Sometimes we lose sight of that. We have to be fun. I'm glad that you said that, right? So if you're a high school kid who who happens to be listening to to Colin and I here, first of all, why? But also keep listening. And no, 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 shout out, yeah, we get shout it. out, yeah. I'm, I'm trying listen to listen to the ads too. So keep keep listening in. 
but you know, you're supposed to be having fun. Like we're, we're I know you're serious and, 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 and we're serious and, and you want to do well and all of those things, but you know, there are all types of fun to be had and fun is, is running fast and running a PR and fun is beating people. And, but fun is also being with your team and running in these conditions that like, if you had to, you know, if you got to pick your perfect weather, uh, you probably wouldn't pick sideways rain on Laverne Gibson, but this is what we had, right? Everybody has the same conditions, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And, and, and they, I think the kids as a whole embraced what we ran against. Um, and actually, you know what? I, I wasn't everywhere on the course. I didn't make it out to the K marker. But beyond that, I was sort of at the mile, 2K, 3K, 4K, sort of to the finish. Um, I thought the course started to get, it was soft already. And, and it did probably by the boys race get a little bit sloppy. But I didn't see uh, standing water. I didn't see like a, a muddy mess anywhere. Um, maybe you did because you were kind of, I was with the girls after the race, you were, you were obviously watching your boys. So maybe you could say otherwise here, but, um, I, I thought the course held up well, yeah. given the number of, of runners who had been out there for the middle school meet. And then again, it, there was a JV boys and girls race. There was an open boys and girls race. And then there was the, the championship or what, you know, the varsity boys and girls races at the very end of the night there. So they had seen a lot. The course has seen a lot of participants throughout the day. And I thought it held up really well because that was one thing I kind of had in the back of my mind coming in. Um, what will the course look like? And will they let us have the meet knowing that, the state meet is a few weeks away and, and I believe, and maybe this isn't the case anymore, but at one point, a sectional and regional was hosted on Laverne by one of the Terre Haute schools. So maybe they, maybe that isn't, you know, isn't where we are anymore, but um, anyway, I thought the, the conditions were tough, certainly tougher for the varsity races. When the rain came out, things got sloppy. I think that, if you ran in the JV or the open race, you got a great, uh, it was cool. Um, you know, the, there was no rain. Uh, you know, the, the course was somewhat fast. I mean, I had girls run like P, like lifetime PRs, not just Laverne PRs, but lifetime PRs in the JV and open races, uh, which was super exciting for them. Um, and then I think that the weather kind of caught up with the varsity. So, um, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on the conditions then? I think that you mentioned how it had rained a lot and there just wasn't standing water. There wasn't, the course was all things considered in, in pretty good shape. And that that's not, that's not by coincidence. That's not by accident that the Laverne course is just so well-maintained and so much attention is given to it that the drainage system has been improved. There are all these different things. And um, I, I, think, I think that's big. I think that's important that, that not only do we have this course that's been set aside, this area for cross country, but that we maintain it so well and we put so much attention into it, not just in the three months that it'll be in use, but, but all year. 
I, I think that's important. And, and also it's an extra look at the state meet course and, you know, a lot of the best teams were there last night. And I don't think that's, I don't think it's exactly cause and effect, but I think it's a little more than just correlation. Yeah. I, I guess I would just kind of say one last thing about that is I, I thought, um, there were some teams mostly from out of state. So it's easier to say this, that uh, were listed as coming to the meet. And then I don't know if it was maybe the, the weather conditions or the fact that NXN was canceled. So they said, maybe we're not coming. Um, but I, I thought on the girls side, there would be more, uh, teams there that were looking at NXR and we're looking at like that kind of high level uh postseason kind of meet um so I I guess my, my point is here that if if you're if you're at home listening and your team could come and I have no affiliation with anybody put on this meet whatsoever I just show up with my team um I would encourage you to, to go. I mean, why, why would you not want to take advantage of an opportunity to be out on Laverne and to, uh, you know, uh, run in the evening and, and under the lights and all the excitement involved. So if, if you're on the fence about it, jump in, go, go see what it's like. Worst case scenarios, you don't go back the next year. Right. I mean, uh, the, the hard part is I, I, I know that there are some conference championships and county championships that happen on the weekend that's why I could never take my previous team because the expectation that we were at you know whatever county championship but um it, it is a uh it, it is such such a great venue and such probably an advantage for the teams that were there we'll we'll see how that shakes out in a few more weeks if you know if that rings true or not but uh, it was, it's an advantage to be there in a, in a great facility that people who both run the meet and run the facility, they do a fantastic job. So shout out as Colin likes to say. Well, we are nothing if not good sports on this podcast. And so our teams of the week after big victories at what is essentially the biggest meet, the most important meet outside of the state meet. And that's the Columbus North boys and the Columbus North girls. Shout out. Good job. Yep. Both of the Bulldogs right there. We'll see so, you in more weeks. Yep. So great job by those two teams. Those are clearly the two favorites heading in. I, I did my whole soliloquy early on about how it is important to me that um, Columbus North has, has a, two really good cross-country programs after the retirement of Coach Weinheimer. And uh, they're still they're still getting it done. Sometimes it's annoying to me, but overall, it's uh, it's a it's a great thing for the sport and it's a great thing for those programs. So congratulations, Columbus North boys, Columbus North girls. Let's take a break. Gear up for cross country at Three Rivers Running Company. Whether you're just getting into the sport or you're a veteran on your way to another championship, we have everything you need to make this your best season yet. 
Come visit us today at 4039 North Clinton in Fort Wayne. Indiana Runner thanks Three Rivers Running Company for sponsoring the podcast. And we're back. Okay, this is our main thing. We're going to go through now as we're getting into the tournament. The sectional is six days. We're recording this on Sunday, October 3rd. The sectional is six days from today. The ultimate, the height of the silly season. As we jog our way through the sectional, as we run our JV, things like that. Uh, Let's start. We'll just go geographically as usual. Top right corner, the New Haven Boys Semi-State, Locks, Hamilton Southeastern, Fishers, Goshen, and Fort Wayne Concordia. Contenders, Northridge, 71.6% chance to make the state meet per INCC stats. Fort Wayne Carroll, 66.5% chance to make the state meet. And the Penn Boys, 47.7% percent chance that's seven six make it and then we say in the waiting room columbia city shout out to Derek leininger as usual 7.2 percent chance to make the state meet fort wayne homestead 17.8 percent chance and i'm putting them in here angola 3.5 percent chance to make the state meet what do you make of those 10 teams taylor for six spots Locks, HSC, Fishers, Goshen, Concordia, I agree. And then give me Northridge and Carroll. Um, I think Penn is is just a little bit too far away. I think it will be close between six and seven. But I think uh, Carroll or maybe Northridge, depending on the day, I think either one could be five, six. That's a toss-up to me. Uh, that I think Penn is just on the outside in seventh place right there. And we'll send, you know, three or four on to the state meet as individuals. Um, yeah. And then I think the the waiting room is the, I, I need quite a bit of help here. I think you need, need something to happen. Um, as much as I like it, you know, Angola's got two. I mean, obviously the the one, but their number two guy behind Isaiah, he's, he's a pretty darn good kid. Like, let's not lose sight of how, how strong he is as an athlete. Um, but you need five and they, they just don't quite have the five. So um, they're, they're not really in, in my contention of, of moving on. So uh, New Haven, HSC, Fishers, Goshen, Concordia, Northridge, and Carroll. So Penn's 47.7% chance. Yeah. Also includes a runner that hasn't run for three or four weeks. So we'll see how that, how that pans out. In, um, in, in the rest of the, the tournament. I guess that's all that's left is the tournament, other than a few JV meets happening here or there next week before Saturday. On the girls' side, Locks, Carroll, HSC, Homestead, and Penn. And then, boy, it's getting really tight through here. Contenders, East Noble, 55.3%. Concordia, 32.7%. Fishers, 55.9%. And North Ridge, 32.7. That is eight, four locks, and then four teams for two spots. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Carroll, HSC, Homestead, Penn, that's all good. I like East Noble, led by Addison Lindsay. Uh, the freshman has been running really well. Um, so I, I kind of – I really like them. And then I, I also really like Fishers. I think they're just a team that is historically – 
been up there, been in the mix, ready to go. Um, and I, I, I think that both Concordia and Northridge are, are just a, a hair outside again. So not unlike the boys situation that I think that they're, you know, not, not terribly far away, but just not going to be, not going to be with us in Terre Haute. Out of those two, I, I really like Concordia. I know the stats don't back that up. I just, I, I think, I think they're going to find a way to make it and then toss up between all so those last. Who, who do they beat then, Colin? Who, who, who finds? I think, they beat, I think they beat all of them at the semi-state. You think they beat? Both, I think they finished fifth. Fishers. Yeah, I think they finished fifth at the semi-state. So then, who, who is your sixth? Then, so of they're the lock, you know. So okay, so they move into fifth, and then is East Noble or Fishers sixth? Probably Fishers. Okay. Okay. New Prairie boys, we're moving west. Okay, for the first time this year, Taylor, I put yeah. in some locks. Laporte right. and Valparaiso. I like that. I, I, I like wanted to call them likely. I wanted to say no locks, it's so close, and continue that kind of uh, charade. But I think they were both over 98% chance to make the state meet per INCC stats. And that comes after the big DAC meet last weekend, or rather this weekend, yesterday. Likely Morgan Township. It's a tiny school. There's like 400 kids there. They're getting it done. And then the contenders. And this probably should be likely. Chesterton, 90.4. Crown Point, 71.1. Warsaw, 53.1. West Lafayette, 30.2. And the team that we did not have in our top 50, but man, we might see them in Terre Haute. Lake Central, 41.5. So three highly likely to locks. And then five in that next category. So that would be five teams for three spots, right? That would be it. Yeah. So I, I would take uh, Laporte. I really like Cole Raymond. We don't talk about Cole Raymond a lot here, but you, you know, you and I have had the chance to watch him race a couple of times. I know last spring he came down for the uh, 3,200 showcase there at Carmel and he looked, he looked really good. So, um, you know, shout out Cole Raymond right here for leading the Northern Indiana but uh, so so locks, uh, I take Laporte, Valpo, and Morgan Township, uh, small school represent Chesterton, Crown Point, and Warsaw. But like you said, it is very close getting into that number six spot, and uh, anything could really happen on that semi-state day. Um, so I I don't feel as confident as I would talking about New Haven, for example, because New Prairie is kind of a roll the dice, see what happens situation. But um, th those would be my six if I had to had to pick them up. On the girls' side, Locks, Chesterton, Valparaiso, Warsaw, and Lake Central. And then contenders, Crown Point, 46.8% chance. Harrison, 74.7%. Laporte, 64.3%. And West Lafayette, 24.0%. So four of, or two of those four teams will make it four teams for two spots Harrison 74.7 percent chance sticks out to me I, that's I feel like I haven't seen a lot of them this year that's high yeah I'm sitting here looking at their uh their rankings on INCC stats so they don't necessarily have that front runner within the semi-state but they have a solid uh two three who are right there um yeah, that's um that's a high percentage right there. 
I, I don't know if I want to quite give them that that uh, likely of a pass, but they could still squeak in for sure. I mean, I mean, look, I think Valpo, Chesterton, Warsaw, Lake Central. Okay, there's five. There's four. Sorry. Uh, th- then you've got two of the the four you listed. I think they could very well be two. Um, you know, Harrison or or maybe Laporte. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a close one. Get, give me Harrison and Laporte, but it's not. Uh, I don't. I don't agree with the overwhelming odds that the uh, advanced analytics uh, will tell us. And I think part of it is that it rewards depth. And so if if Harrison's got a sixth and seventh runner that they could count on to score for them if somebody slips up off of two thousand simulations of the tournament, that that makes sense. That that they're theirs would be higher while crown point is ranked based on their top five runners. So uh, their, their five best may be better than Harrison's, but uh, you have to account for, for slippage as we say. Right. Okay. Here's where there may be some discussion. Shelbyville boys semi-state. That's the central Indiana or the Indianapolis area semi-state locks, Carmel shout out. Center Grove, Zionsville, and Noblesville. Okay, I put likely Brebuff with one asterisk now. They have an 80.2% chance to make the state meet per INCC stats. Contenders, Franklin Central, 49.4. Westfield, 29.6. North Central, 42.5. Mount Vernon, 28.4. Brownsburg, 4.9. And Garen, I'm counting it. Hi, Solomon. My son just woke up from his nap. Do you want to, We're doing the podcast. Do you want to say anything? Who is it? Hey, yeah. Hey, Solomon. What's up, buddy? What do you want to talk about? Do you want to get on the podcast? You listen to it sometimes. Remember when you were sick and I said, what do you want to listen to? And you said, daddy's podcast with Uncle Taylor. Do you remember that? Solomon, do you want to run fast, buddy? You have to say, you have to, it's, a, it's an audio medium, Solomon. You have to say something. Do you want to say anything? For those playing along at home, he was shaking his head yes, uh, just, just so you know. Okay. Yeah. Do, you want to, do you want to sit and listen? Do you want to be the audience? Solomon, Taylor has 400 listeners. You, this is going out to 400 people. What do you want to you say? 401, Solomon. What do you want to say? Okay, he's too nervous. That's all right. Uh, How many so other those... podcasts have cute kids on them? I don't know, right? I mean, like, well, on. yeah. Of course, being an audio medium is is tough. You can sit and watch the podcast, listen to the podcast. So you got to sit on the floor, though. Yeah. So that's what four teams, and then five teams if you consider for Buff to be likely. Again, Franklin Central, Westfield, North Central, Mount Vernon, Brownsburg, and Garrett. Garen with the 2% chance. I'm just going to say it as I usually say it, not high enough. And I know I'm a big, I'm a big Garen goon, but we're out here. We're in these streets, the streets of Hamilton County. Yeah. Uh, the streets that mesh with uh, Carmel, Westfield, Noblesville all intersect. Yeah, right they there. all intersect at one spot where 31 meets 32. We're all right yeah, there. What, right. what do you think about Burbuff as a likely team? Burbuff boys. Uh, that is. I don't want to put them at likely. I'm, you know, no offense to Burbuff. I just, I, I said this on the on the front half of the podcast, and that is 
if if you are reliant on kids who have not raced consistently for whatever reason, right? That's not, you've already established, that's not for us to speculate. If you're reliant on them, then I, I think you're in a really tough spot. And Amber Buff, I think, could still squeak in to the state meet. Is Burbuff going to be uh, the team that we maybe thought they were in June or July or early August or whatever? I have a hard time saying yes to that. I feel really good about Carmel, Center Grove, Zionsville, and Noblesville as locks getting into the state meet. And then I think it's it's two of the three. It's Burbuff. Franklin Central. And then my heart tells me North Central, but my head tells me Westfield. And I just think that they North Central needs a little bit more from their like three, four, five to be really in the conversation. So Burbuff is a team that I, I would love to, to say, yeah, they're on the podium, but I just don't know if if we've seen enough out of the, the, the one of their scores only raced once and the other one hasn't raced yet. And I don't want to say they're a likely or a lock just yet. Let's now, give it another week or two. That 80% chance does not include anyone that hasn't raced yet. I know it doesn't. So I get that it. is important. I, it doesn't know. I, I, I think that, Again, they could make it. I'm not saying they're not going to make it the state meet, but I, I don't think they are this podium contending team right now. Now, if we look back on this in three or four weeks and you tell me to eat my shorts because I was uh, way off base, that's fine. But we haven't seen anything yet. Uh, the eye test is, is still somewhat legit. And, and there's nothing to see just just so far. On the girls' side, same semi-state, Locks, Carmel, Noblesville, Westfield, North Central, Zionsville. Yeah. I'm good with that. I'm thinking I, about moving Zionsville to likely. So Zionsville's this odd team. Zionsville's this team, and I, I mean odd team, I don't know, what am I, I'm not trying to pass judgment necessarily, but Zionsville's a team that like we've been looking at, like what do they do, what do they not do, but, but they really haven't raced their varsity girls that often, and if, if you look at the, if you look at INC stats, you can see all these sort of holes where they haven't raced, and you know, maybe those are for legitimate reasons, maybe those are for strategic reasons, I mean, whatever, that's not for me to decide but you you look through and you see there's quite a few examples including last night where their uh varsity girls did not compete and and not just like one or two here or there but as a as a whole there's an effort of like we're only going to race a couple times and then we're going to get in the postseason so we'll see but if you're Zionsville girls you go through the Ben Davis sectional and the Ben Davis regional so again you don't have to race uh to make it on i mean they've done some realignment and they fixed some things but um you and i remember not not very long ago or if you finish that ben davis sectional 
you advanced and it didn't matter what team or how fast or what, I mean, you just moved on and they were able to fix some of those things. So I, I still think uh, Zionsville has a, has a lot to offer right there. So I'm going to keep them in that sort of block category. Avon looked really good last night. Avon ran their varsity girls in the open race rather than the championship race. Uh, but those girls looked solid right there uh franklin central it was another contender that you had right there on the list and i think that they return their number one girl who is their number two at county um so you know they have a they have a shot if she continues to improve over the next couple weeks and then um burbuff that i think is on the outside looking in like i need a little bit of help um sorry burbuff braves i, f I feel like i'm, I'm kind of down on you right now but uh i'm just just looking at what the numbers show. So uh, one, two, three, four, five locks and Avon, give me the sixth team out of the Shelbyville semi-state on the girls' side. So he's talking about five locks. Contenders then, uh, you mentioned them. Avon, 56.3%. Franklin Central, 30.4%. And Burbuff, 19.2%. Avon's chances have decreased in the last two weeks per INCC stats. And I think a big part of that is Franklin Central getting one of their scores back. Right. And that's good for them. And we had just mentioned earlier how it feels to bring back, you know, somebody who's been been out for a while. So, um, again, if she can continue to get better over the next couple of weeks, then that that solidifies their opportunity to get out. Right. With four weeks to, to race herself in shape or, right. you know, just get better, get her sea legs out from underneath her after you know quite a bit of cross training we would imagine brown county semi-state the boys locks columbus north bloomington north bloomington south floyd central and northview that gives us five contenders jasper 82.7 percent chance jennings county 12.3 percent and austin five percent i mean jasper seems the likely one there right just based on numbers yeah, just numbers, Jasper. I mean, you know, if, if they slip up on the day, Jennings County could get them. But um, I think that, that requires a little bit of help there. So I think you've named off the teams that will be uh, representing Brown County in the uh, state meet. On the girls' side, locks, Columbus North, Floyd, Northview, Jasper, Bloomington North, Bloomington South, essentially the same top six. Uh, the order shakes up a little bit. But that is six, right, in terms wow. of locks. So we've listed one in the waiting room, and that is Princeton. Uh, but they do have a 13.6% chance to make the state meet. But Princeton, a very, very small school. They're going to need, need to nail it at all five positions across the board. Lloyd Christmas, baby. You're saying there's a chance. Telling me there's a chance. Cool, yeah, man. I think that's uh... – yeah, I'll take those locks, and that's that is who it is, unless something surprises us over the next couple of weeks. Well, a very exciting regular season, a very exciting pre-postseason yesterday, this weekend, and uh, hoping to get into uh, an even more thrilling postseason starting at the regional. Because honestly, let's let's be real, the sectional is just it's silly season. There's going to be a lot of jogging. INCC stats updates are not going to give us what we want because INCC stats has to assume that everyone is giving full effort and we're probably just not going to see that across the board next week. 
Yeah. So the sectional is interesting because, uh, you know, and we, I don't know how much you want to get into this or not. This is your podcast, right? I'm just along for the ride. Uh, rumors abound of, of going to a three round tournament, but uh, the sectional is one where you're kind of in, I think one of three categories, there's a, like, we're getting out no matter what. So maybe we don't run everybody. Then there's the, uh, we're going to compete to win the sectional because that's important to our school. Right. That's, and that's two different things. Yeah. We're going to compete to win because it's important to our school that we win. Right. And there are some schools that obviously we could win, but it's just not that important to our entire season that we win the sectional. Right. And then, then there's the, the third tier of schools that like, Hey, if we do really well at the sectional, we can make it to the regional, which is to celebrate for some schools. So like there's there, you know, you've got three different sort of avenues coming in to the sectional. And the one thing we can all celebrate is that it's no longer on a Tuesday as it used to be. I don't think people listening remember that used to be a Tuesday and then that Saturday was the regional and that was ridiculous, but you know, it's one thing that IHSA has got right. But um, you know, I, I think that uh, you know, that that is helpful And that, um, but you know, the, the sectional, like you said, the, the advanced analytics won't be, I think totally accurate based on that. Um, you don't have to run as hard as you can to get out. Like I mentioned one sectional where if you just finished you advanced. So, but that's relatively fixed at this point. Uh, Is it, I mean, uh, it's not as bad as it used to be, but, um, you know, it's, uh, we'll, we'll get there. You know, let's just say this because we're talking about sectionals and, and you and I are a big fan of, of that. Uh, if they do move to a three round tournament, I am a proponent of having this weekend, the sectional weekend as a bye weekend as they do for football in six A. Think about that. Oh my gosh, we did something good for football. Maybe we can do that for another sport. Um, because uh, if you look at the timing, it's a good timing for teams to have a weekend off from racing. Um, if you look at the weather, um, as, as we can kind of compare numbers from now to 10, 15, 20 years ago, um, it's warmer (laughs) sectional and the warm, yeah. And the weather looks, if, if you kind of look ahead and, and, you know, Shout out Chuck Lofton, but if you look ahead, we can see that maybe it's going to be warm again this coming Saturday morning for sectionals. It may make sense to take a weekend off and then go with whatever they want to call it, sectionals or regionals, whatever, and then semi-state and state so we can you know, keep that last weekend of October or that first week in November kind of where it falls on the calendar um, for the state meet. And that's best for the kids. It's best for the performance. And that's really what we need to be in the business of, right? So you and I as teachers and coaches believe that are we doing this in the best interest of the kids? And if the answer is yes, then we should probably keep doing it. 
But if the answer is no, then we need to find a way to fix it so it is in their best interest. And moving up a tournament to be earlier to where maybe the state meet might fall on our current semi-state weekend, maybe that isn't in the best interest of the kids, in which case we should try to adjust that. Yeah, I think that sounds right. And we're not there yet. Sounds like maybe not necessarily 2022, but 2023, or at some point in the near future, there are changes coming to yeah. the to the tournament. Um, and, I, I, you know, all stakeholders should be involved at some point between the IHSAA and the IATCCC, nailed it, uh, to, to figure out what is the best the best path for the the teams and and like you said the best the best thing to do for the kids so you mentioned the weather too at the uh in the city at which we both teach and coach it poured for about 10 or 15 minutes just recently so it is currently pouring down in where i live which is yeah, not you got a ways. I live a lot closer than you do, right, to the school. Yeah, yeah, you were far closer, which was felt last night on the drive home. So, yeah, let's talk about this. You know what? Here we go. This is our miscellaneous minute. I'm going to okay. your podcast for a second real quick to do this. So This is, by the way, this is going to be a record for the longest podcast, but shout out. I'll put the ad at the beginning so we can. Longest podcast. Making the money. Podcast, this is going to be, whatever. yeah, instead of 400, this will be 4,000 listens. Add the add the crowns in my jewel, add the jewel uh, the jewel, the in, my jewel crown. in your crown. There we go. Whatever. Um, here's here's my thoughts. So we we left or I left Carmel High School this morning uh, at about I don't know twelve fifteen twelve twenty a.m. something like that, and uh, <clears throat> it'd been it'd been a while since I'd have any kind of uh, anything to eat. So I thought, all right, well, let's stop somewhere and uh, go ahead. I stopped at five different places, Colin, five places. These are fast food driving because you stopped like, at the McDonald's on Carmel drive. Well, I did stop because the lights were out and it was clearly closed, but I'll count that as one. So our, our boys, our boys on the way home, at least the baby. ones on my bus were Googling which ones would be open. And I heard yes, them going through Carmel drive closed one sixteenth closed. And they ended up, I think, going to an IHOP in Fishers. Yeah, they may have because they were talking about it on the way back. But yeah, so they I asked me. They asked us if we wanted things. to go, which we we declined. And if if you're listening at home, you know you don't really want to know where I live, but I live between Broward. Or if you're listening anywhere, Indy. anywhere, yeah, it doesn't matter. But I live between Broward and downtown Indy. Um, but I stopped at five different places, all fast food restaurants, and only two of the five were open and both had very long lines. And I just, I couldn't do it. I was ready to go home. And uh, did you stop at the one on 38th street? Uh, there was one. I want to get too specific about where you live. But I, yeah, I there was one there. location near my house on 38th street. I do live off 38th shout out. Uh and uh, it, the, the one fast food place was open, but uh, there was like five or six cars and they were not moving very fast. So I just had to say, uh, I'm going to go home and I had some crackers and went to bed. So it was an uh, underwhelming uh, food experience right there. But 
these these fast food places they just can't you just can't keep people you know it's just hard it's hard to hire people right now it's hard to get people in it i don't know how philosophical we want to get can you can you teach econ is that on your license it's not yet but i should add it on. okay i i have it on mine and uh i so i don't want to how economical we want to get but it feels like we're at this by the way feel free to hit the like you've already listened to the ad anybody listen to this feel free to hit the 30 second skip ahead no no no, no, no. Like this, is, this is the bonus time this is what you listen for like this is the we we throw out some stuff but this is the real uh, place where you get the nuggets oh gosh you yeah. know you know taylor i tell you i you and i both of these meets have people come up and shout out anybody that wants to come up and find me at a meet sure. i i wear the same polo shirt i've worn since 2011 and I got my new, uh, not my Did new. Did you talk but, about that? I need to get you some some new gear. Dude, you know me way too well to know that I am not going to wear new gear in the tournament. I'm going to wear the yeah, same shirt the same I've polo worn. Polo and same khaki shorts. Yes. Did, but like, Blue polo, purple buttons, black three-rush running company yeah. hat. Shout out to the Noblesville dad who said he liked our podcast oh i got i'm getting fan mail these days you're getting fan mail i don't i'm know. getting fan mail maybe uh, it's not my podcast so maybe yeah maybe eventually me. but like i it feels like in terms of certain jobs we're at this weird stage between automation and tasks right certain certain menial tasks menial jobs that like we can't keep people in to fulfill some of these roles in society. Right. And restaurants are shutting down. Sub subways are open for six hours a day instead of 12 McDonald's are not open. Even the drive throughs between whatever times. And yeah, that's, that's where we're at. Yeah. Wow. This is the deepest miscellaneous minute we've ever had. Also extended to like 30 minutes. Yeah. The negative impact falls on, cross country and track and field coaches who are just doing their job showing up every day <laughs> with their lunch pail ready to go well you didn't have your lunch pail taylor you wouldn't have to stop at five different mcdonald's because and go home and eat crackers on somebody else i thought well, do i bring my lunch pail i was like no i'll just stop and get something on the way home oh yeah so that's yeah that. no that's I, I i think everyone in society can uh can empathize with the old uh well you're just trying to do your really basic job for the good of the community and your job is going to a cross-country meet under the lights in Terre Haute Indiana and not getting home until midnight and yeah I was I think we're all we're all struggling right we're all out here just just grinding trying to give 110 percent that's right well here's what we can say though uh shout out to our parent club at Carmel uh, who showed up and then in the rain uh, gave out sandwiches and uh, did you know did what they do every meet and uh, we appreciate you for showing up and uh, standing out there and getting soaked and uh, feeding the kids because that's and the uh, coaches they, and the coaches and and they I know the kids appreciated it and uh, and and I did and all that so um thank you thank you to to all involved they even had the vegetarian jimmy johns which i appreciated but i gotta tell you at uh 10 10 30 when we're getting on the bus 
I ate a couple. I ate a couple of Jimmy John's, like kind of you know the three inch slices with meat in it. I didn't Oof. care anymore. It's like whatever. Uh, uh, you know, quasi vegetarian. I'm I'm emphasizing the quasi last night. Yeah, you were you're king of the quasi right there. Yeah. All right. Hey, you want to go? Out, you want to go out to lunch tomorrow? Uh, yeah, we can do that. All right. Let's tentatively put on the schedule. I'll text you some some options. Okay. I'll text right. you one. We don't we don't want the throngs of fans coming to visit us at our our quick lunch. That's true. Yeah, we have lots to do today. We can't we can't possibly sign yeah. autographs yeah. and pictures. Just, My God, that would just be terrible. Yeah, just go ahead and send us send us fan mail and t shirts. Yes, That's what we're looking for. Yeah, Garen Goon T-shirts somewhere. You got your shirt right? Uh, not yet, but uh, I'll I'll, I'll get oh, it. We're hey, cool. I've said it before. I'll say it again. We're out here on these streets. We being Garrett, the streets of Hamilton County. Yeah, I can't. I when when we make it to the state meet, we being Garrett, I can't wait to take victory laps all day. Yeah. All right, man. Anything else? um that's it so shout out to uh everybody who raced this past weekend best of luck going in the tournament this coming week and uh good luck to the jv uh guys and girls who are racing uh probably for the last time this coming week at a couple of the high uh, profile jv invites that often actually colin often do make the incc's dance ratings if you think about sure. it look back um there are a few i used to host one that uh, did make the ratings quite often. So um, shout out to those who are taking advantage of some cooler weather to run well at the end of the year. And uh, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Hey, I meant to tell you this, uh, but I'll just, I'll just say on the podcast, we went to uh, do some uh, stuff, getting ready for the tournament, went into the office today with, uh, with my son, made his first appearance on the podcast. And I was like, oh, we got to go over on into, into the other office and get, uh, you know, get a marker, get an eraser or whatever. He goes over there and it's like, where's Uncle Taylor? I want to talk to Taylor. I was like, well, he doesn't, oh, yes, he doesn't live here. So uh, he's so, yeah, he was, he was confused as to why you weren't there. He also asked, we, we went in the locker room. He goes, I want to talk to Cole. He said, he's not here. And he said, OK, well, then Charlie. It's like, well, they're, Sunday, they're not here, buddy. Well, but they're almost there. They're always there. Well, they're there in spirit. Spirit. Always there in spirit. So. All right, man. Hey, we'll we'll go to lunch tomorrow, and then I'll see you every day for the next 30 years. Sounds good, man. All right. Shout out. Have a good All night. Right. Shout out. Thanks.